Um, okay, so our entire last conversation was awesome. And then, of course, it, like... Mm-hmm. I, I guess I could, like, go back and just all of the points that I'm talking, I could just turn that up. <laughs> um, I've, I've done that before. But we have tons of stuff to say, though. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so we can, we can... Yeah. Um, but I guess to start, and then we'll just go back and plug it again. <laughs> we have a show on Monday. Woo! <laughs> and, uh... Wear your costumes. Yes. Oh, yeah. We should probably say that a little bit more. Yeah. And loudly yes. on social media. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll make sure to post <laughs> that, too. Like, please. Yes. Do your thing. Because get freaky for Halloween. Yeah, it'll be a it'll be kind of awkward for the people that are in costume. <laughs> yeah, and then like most everyone else is not. Yeah. Don't make it weird. Wear a costume. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And I mean, we we want the saturation of people wearing costumes to be greater than yes. that of yes. the people not wearing costumes. So. Yes. <laughs> um, so. Let's talk a little bit about the thing. It's a, it's a spoopy show. Yeah, it'll be a spooky <laughs> show. Um, there's going to be original pieces by all three of us mm-hmm. and uh, a couple of group improvisations that are going to be a lot of fun, yeah. including a film scoring um, done in the silent film style. So we'll be providing the live soundtrack for a silent film, Nosferatu. Mm-hmm. Not the entire film. You don't have to watch the... <laughs> it's not going to be a three-hour concert. Right. Um, but just clips. And then um, we'll also be doing uh, a piece called Prelude and Fear Minor, <laughs> which is not a cheesy title at all. <laughs> and I don't love it. It's pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> With apologies to J.S. Bach. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I feel like... I don't know if you've ever seen the memes surrounding that, but like, uh, I think that Baroque and Romantic and classical composers nowadays mm. would look at electronic music and be like, oh, this is cool. Oh, like, I can yeah. do anything I want and well, I don't have to deal with any crappy players. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> I think that's why Bach liked playing the organ so much. Yeah. I mean, it was... Uh, <laughs> and, and the yeah, everything machine. Yeah, it was the most advanced machine in the world at yeah. the time and, and it <laughs> made accurate sounds. Yeah. And you didn't have to accurate. rely on all these people to, you know, play and maybe they're not Right. Doing so well, but if you're a good player, you can yeah. make it all work and right. And the, I mean, you do have to be embedded in the place. That's kind of the, yeah. the problem with yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. You have to, yeah, you have to you have to have the gig yeah. to have access to the organ all day long because you can't exactly like go on tour. Yeah, exactly. With, with a a church yeah. pipe organ. Yeah, and they're so different. Yeah. And cuz they're all they're all, you know, handmade by like, <laughs> guess really there's like just a few organ makers in the world. Yeah. And I don't know enough about organs, so you can you we, can school me on well, this. No, I, yeah, not even like schooling. <laughs> it was just something I thought was I just had never thought about. Yeah. But I used to sing with um the Sacramento Choral Society mm. in Sacramento. Obviously, and um, when you eat it, actually, yeah, right, exactly. Why do they call it that? No one knows. Uh, but they, uh, but when we were in Italy, um, we were singing at all these different 
churches. Mm. And some had like, you know, really old organs that mm-hmm. were from the early Baroque period that were still yeah. that same organ that was built there. They still have that, that orphan that's underground. <laughs> yeah, that's, exactly. That's blowing the air into yeah, the thing. Exactly. And so, um, uh, our organist, you know, every time we'd, he'd have to spend a few minutes just to get used to the organ. All oh, the, yeah. the width of the keys is different. Oh All man. The, you know, you're just yeah. depending on <laughs> which organ you're playing on and, mm-hmm. um, the stops, they don't all have the same. So, and on one of them, the range didn't even, we were doing a piece that had a big organ part and mm-hmm. one of the organs was just, it just didn't, just didn't have, have the that, range yeah. to even play. So he was having to figure out, so what do I do to make that still sound okay? And it was yeah. just kind of, yeah. I, and I had never thought about it. Cause you know, like even if you play piano, you can't take a piano with you, but like when you get there, a piano is a piano. Right. And like, maybe it's out of tune and maybe the action doesn't feel great. Sure, but, but it's pretty it's much pretty much the same. Like there's <laughs> enough there that you can. But these were like yeah. just at each one is such an individual beast. That, yeah, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> you, you could also like take an electric piano. That's true. To a different place, and that's I mean, that's a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, there's nothing like that sound in that in yeah. like a big vaulty space like that. Sure, and and the, the harmonics don't stack the same way. Right, exactly. The, yeah, uh, some of them were built where. <laughs> You know, because a lot of times the organist and the the choir would be way far away, out of sight, out of mind. You would mm-hmm. just kind of hear them, and they'd be up right, in, right. on a loft. Yeah, yeah. And one of them, we were down, because we were in, it was like they had the church set up for a concert. And so they had cleared out everything and then put chairs, and then we were in the middle of the church. Mm-hmm. And the organ player was like several stories higher <laughs> than us. And then like to the side yeah. was where the organ loft was. And he's looking at us with a mirror. Oh, to geez. watch the, you know, and then there's that time delay. Yeah. Not only the delay of when he presses the key and when the air goes through the pipe, but mm-hmm. also from it, the conductor. All the way across like, the. Yeah. To, yeah. You know, it's just, and then, <laughs> and then there's just that, that several seconds of reverb in there. Mm-hmm. So it was just the time thing was yeah. pretty crazy. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's why like chant music isn't really. Yeah. Like in time. <laughs> right. It's just like. Yeah. You have the, the 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 chorus or like the 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 main dude mm-hmm. who leads the thing, and then everyone else like, okay, and then we'll come in. With yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was Catholic long enough to like. <laughs> it's surprising how well the music communicates to a congregation of people that don't know a lot about music. Yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, it's like, I I guess your average Catholic has a bit more musical experience than the average person. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it it is really, it's really interesting. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Are you the choral director at the I'm I'm the tenor cantor. Okay. So they have <laughs> a they have a soloist for each section <laughs> and then um and then we're on a rotation who leads all the congregational <laughs> singing and and all the, okay. the chant. Um, yeah. on different <laughs> on different services. That's that's a bit different than being a choir director. Mm-hmm. Have yes. you ever wanted to be a choir director? Um I had you know, because my undergraduate was in choral music ed, mm-hmm. um, and I never really, it 
I, I wanted to get that degree so that if everything fell apart, at least I wouldn't starve to death. Yeah. Um, but in but, Oklahoma, you still would. Yeah, you still would to starve death. to death. That's <laughs> what they don't tell you, kids. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, uh, but then, like, you know, actually taking the classes and doing it, and I was like, well, I get all of this intellectually. Um, I do not enjoy this at all. Mm-hmm. And um, I love singing. And even singing I don't like as much as composing. Mm-hmm. And so that was – and I really didn't know that until this semester. <laughs> and I was I was thinking about – and I may have already said this. I'm mm-hmm. not sure, but I'll say it again. <laughs> yeah. Tell me – you can cut this out. Nah, I okay. uh, But I – I was really kind of stressed because I, I was planning on double majoring mm-hmm. in vocal music and in composition. Yeah. And I couldn't figure out what to do. And because, um, you know, like some days it's like the singing's going really well and you're like, well, maybe I should really just focus on this. And then some days like you're doing really like the pieces are coming out and you're like, yeah. wow, this is like I need to be doing this more. Mm-hmm. And so um, I went to my voice lesson and um, <laughs> it just so happened that my teacher was talking to another student there and she was like, well, take Brick, for example, he's a good singer, but his true passion is composition. And, <laughs> and I was like, and I kind of got offended. <laughs> yeah. Cause like, you can't tell How do you me, speak for you me. You can't tell me what my true passion is. Yeah. You know? And so for like, you know, I left the lesson and I, you know, for like the whole week, like I was like running at the park and was like still mad and was like, thinking, you know, running it through my head and like, like, well, I've been singing since I was two years old. How dare you tell me what I'm yeah. passionate about and all this stuff. And then, like, but after really, it, but it made me yeah. do a lot of soul searching. <laughs> and I was thinking about when I have a success in singing. Mm-hmm. Like, when I have a concert or, or when I lead the singing and I think everything's just going really well and my solo mm-hmm. sounds great. Like, that, the pleasure I get from that. Mm-hmm. And then thinking about when I finish a piece yeah. and the pleasure I get from that. Or when someone plays something that I've written yeah. and the pleasure I get from that. And I was like, oh, yeah, the, the composer yeah, yeah. totally trumps <laughs> everything else. Yeah. And, but it, it was just so crazy, like, unless she had just a, so objectively stated, <laughs> right. like, well, obviously, Breck's true passion yeah, yeah. is composition. I How know, dare you? Yeah. My true passion is underwater basketball. <laughs> right. Yeah. You don't know my true passion. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, although I guess um, a, a question that I mean to ask people on the podcast, and I have done it occasionally, like, what's something about you that people don't usually know? Yeah, okay. Well, actually, um, I went through a really big, and I still am. We, I think we've talked about this, yeah, okay. but I went through a huge Esperanto phase. Yeah, we, we talked and, about it a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> and um, I mean, I got, I ordered a ton of books from Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> um, I read all I could um, about the uh, Zamenhof, the guy that started. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, explain Esperanto. For so Esperanto is the international auxiliary language, and so um, mm-hmm. Zamenhof grew up in an, in an area in, in Europe where there were, um, you know, uh, the Jews speaking Yiddish on one neighborhood, and then there were the Russians speaking Russian, and then the Germans speaking German, and yeah. those people never communicated with each other, and there was always a lot of uh, mm-hmm. cultural tension yeah. between these groups. Um, and so he kind of had the idea um, that, well, because language has cultural links, Right. That come with it. So, like, when people learn English, they're also... And there's a little bit of, like, 
with learning English or with learning a different language, there's a little bit of, like, imperialism kind of in learning the language, too. (laughs) And so he was, you know, he himself was a polyglot. Mm. And so he was trying to think, okay, if everyone had a second language. Right. So, like, everyone has their primary language. But what if there was an international second language? Yeah. So that... And it was free of any nationality or culture and was kind of a human auxiliary language. Mm -hmm. Then we could all communicate with each other, but we could still keep our cultural heritage and our, Mm -hmm. and all of that stuff. And it's a, I think it's a beautiful idea. I mean, it's just a great idea. Um, And so he created Esperanto and, um, you know, which, uh, you know, in Spanish, espero is, is hope, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so, it, it, so it has the same Latin root. So it's, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, but anyway, it, it's a r- super easy. So all the nouns end in O yeah. and all the, um, the vowels end in A, I think, and adverbs, adverbs end in E uh, yeah. and yeah, verbs, sorry, yeah. vowels, <laughs> all the vowels. Uh, There's only one vowel. Yeah, that's a. right. That's right. And so you know, there, there aren't really like the handbook of the rules of the language mm-hmm. is really simple. So yeah. I, I got really into this cause I thought how cool. Mm-hmm. And I actually did, I joined some Facebook groups and, um, some different people online and, mm-hmm. and, you know, we were able to, so I was talking yeah, to people yeah. from Korea that didn't know English mm-hmm. and, you know, and I definitely That's can't communicate Korean, cool. but <laughs> we were able to, you know, yeah, kind yeah. of clumsily get our way through Esperanto and kind yeah, of talk yeah. to each other, which was, crazy yeah yeah you know (laughs) and there are conventions every year national and international Mm. esperantists that's really cool yeah (laughs) they call themselves esperantistoi (laughs) because adding a adding a j at the end of things makes it plural so okay esperantisto singular esperantistoi is okay all esperantists (laughs) so are you like fluent oh no 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 and like i haven't I haven't uh, like taken out the books and, and yeah, yeah. gone through, you know. <laughs> but they, you can, you know, they have they have the Hobbit with the original, you know, the binding and everything. You can get in um, in Esperanto. La, La yeah, <laughs> and um, the V is always lost. So you don't have to think about genders and, and mm-hmm. all of that. Yeah. Um, but um, anyway, but yeah, it's, 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 but so I haven't I haven't done it in years, and I I really when I was dating my now wife at the time, I was like really kind of trying to like, like if we learn this together, yeah, you know, that'd yeah. be really cool. Yeah. Which I did also did that with Spanish and French and Italian and German and it, none of it is ever taken. <laughs> so, um, but that's fine. Cause I, I love languages. If mm-hmm. I had like a, if I hadn't, if all my musical talent and any knowledge of music just was erased from yeah. me, I would probably go into some sort of like language studies. Yeah. yeah. I think it's just really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, in a way, composition is sure. Like, uh, we we always talk about like a musical language, mm-hmm. um, and it's it is a little bit more subjective than people usually think because it's like, oh yeah, it's it's high, so it's like mm-hmm. bigger, like important or whatever. Right. But not necessarily. Right. Um, but like the better we get at composing, the better we are at communicating this language. Um, But then also, we're trying to make up words at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like, 
oh, yes, I want to say this. Mm-hmm. But also, here's a nonsense thing that I I hope will make sense. And that you, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That says the thing that I wanted to, but also no one said it before. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, that's totally a good way to think about it. Um, and in that, it's like, impossible. But <laughs> Yeah. Well, and then you're... And then even kind of, you don't even know quite what you're saying in the middle of it as well. Yeah. You're yeah. Like, I think this is mm-hmm. this. Yeah. And it may turn into this mm-hmm. after this other thing happens. Yeah. And it's just, kind of, yeah, I, I think it's a... And, and another funny thing about it is that music is a language that we can speak without knowing that we're speaking Mm -hmm. or knowing the words that we're saying. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, uh, we improvise together. Right. And that level of communication is something that we're, we're not saying words and we don't really know what the other is saying, but we're like intermingling anyways. Right. And so it's like, you know, maybe you'll play something and you don't know what, you, what it is that you're playing, but you're like, let's see what happens. Yeah. And I'll be like, ooh, I see what, what you did there, yeah. I guess. Uh-huh. And let's, I'll try and do something else with that. And yeah. so we're, we're speaking a language that we don't even know what words we're saying. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's, it. I think to do that, to do that kind of improvising with a group, mm-hmm. it's like such profound listening to yeah, each other yeah and that's i think that's <laughs> one of the coolest things about it is because mm-hmm. there will be something you know you may do a lick and i and i'm like oh i dig that a lot like mm-hmm. that's really cool and so um it's kind of just like change shifting you'll hear like one and it may even be like an accident yeah like yeah. a true accidental like mm-hmm. like i didn't mean to play yeah, that yeah. but then it like is like oh but now that's kind of i can make that a motive yeah because now we've thrown that <laughs> note in there and it, I, yeah and I, th- I think it's really neat mm-hmm. um but it, it's it's weird too because i've been dealing with writer's block a little bit uh recently but at the same time if i'm just making stuff up Mm -hmm. it like it just comes out yeah and there's something stupid about like (laughs) i'm trying to make this on purpose right and my brain's like "Uh." (laughs) yeah no i think that's really good um i i because and i you know and it writer's block happens to everybody at all skill (laughs) levels you know and it's like how do you deal with it when it happens but I think, I think, yeah, I think sometimes, like, your frame of mind when you're improvising is, like, well, none of this matters anyway. Mm-hmm. And so then, like, a lot of cool stuff may happen that you're like, yeah. oh, man, that was really good. Yeah. But then when you sit down, you're like, okay, I have to write this piece. Yeah. And it needs to be really good. Yeah. And it needs to have all these things. And then it's like, <laughs> oh, now I can't think of anything, you know? Right. Or this, this happens more often is that, like, because it's the thing, we, we have enough musical training to just... We talked about this before. It's just like throw music sure. on a page or yeah. on a DAW and just right. like here are sounds, right? And then I'll just like okay, here's here's notes. Mm-hmm. I'll hit play and be like, this is garbage. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I don't know. It's like I'll spend like an hour just putting notes and being like, this makes sense, mm-hmm. right? 
That's all right. The next thing, this okay. This, this makes sense within the context of this thing, and then I'll just hit play and be like, "This is stupid, isn't mm-hmm. it?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you get like sometimes it's like you're spent. You've already spent like forty five minutes or an hour on something, mm-hmm. and then you play it back, and you're like, oh, "I really thought that was good for a while, and it yeah. isn't. It's yeah. not." <laughs> or or there's a delay to it. Yeah, and you're like. I feel like I did pretty good today. Yeah. Like, yeah. close the thing, oh, like, yeah. come back to it later and be like... Oh, you come back the next day and you're like, doing? why was this okay <laughs> to me at all? This is going nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, no, that totally is, you know... I I may have I may have talked to you about that quote um, from uh, Chuck Close ab- um, about inspiration. Mm. Um there, there, there was a documentary and they were interviewing Philip Glass, the mm. composer, and Chuck Close, the, the, art, the visual artist. Mm. And they were asking about inspiration and what role it plays mm. in their work. And uh, Chuck Close says, inspiration's for amateurs. <laughs> and, and Philip Glass agreed and, and, you know, he was saying, you know, yes, occasionally mm-hmm. you just get like this light bulb moment and mm-hmm. you have an idea for a piece and you can sit down and write the whole thing and like in yeah, one yeah. sitting in a few hours yeah. and it's just, hey, that was a lot of fun and mm-hmm. that turned out really well. Yeah. And but most of the time, yes, it's using your skills and just mm-hmm. a lot of work putting it <laughs> together and, you know, making your own inspiration, yeah. you know, um, <laughs> and finding ways to get your your juices flowing. Yeah. Um, but kind of that romantic vision of, you know, yeah. oh, the muse has struck, and now I must yeah. get my quill. And I, I really hate the, the idea of, like, you know, in, like, interviews. Yeah. They're always asking, oh, so, like, what inspired you to... Right. Well, what, what's your muse here? Yeah. I'm just like, I, I don't yeah. know. I just, I did it. Yeah. It, it takes time and practice and effort. It's yeah. not It's not a whole... Ah, here we are. Right, right. The Mona Lisa. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Um, uh, This was a conversation that we had in the Lost podcast. uh, (laughs) The Lost vibes. (laughs) It's forbidden, it's in the vault. That's right, that's right. Uh, (laughs) um, But people glamorize this idea of of talent. Yeah. And really a lot of times it's it's skill. Right. And, And... we we work for a long time to have this skill mm-hmm. that oh you know you, you can hear something and go oh that's that's F minor seven mm-hmm. <laughs> right and but that's not just people don't just develop that out of nothing nobody's mm-hmm. born with that and we we work really hard and then someone else comes along and says. Oh wow, you're so talented. Mm-hmm. I wish I was talented <laughs> like you, just born with that. Yeah. All of those things yeah. that just you came out of the womb, right? And you had all of that. No. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I really liked um, when I when I read a while back about Beethoven mm. and his early counterpoint studies. Mm. He had a really hard time with counterpoint, <laughs> and um, but then what he did is double down his studies of counterpoint and mm. then, you know, then wrote some really impressive fugues and a lot of his work have these like yeah. fugal moments that yeah. it has really great counterpoint. And, <laughs> um, which I always really respected because yeah. that obviously 
didn't come naturally for him, mm-hmm. but he knew it was a skill he could acquire yeah. through work, and yeah. so he worked at it. Um, and I think that's so true with, you know, obviously he was born with talent. Sure. But he had to work to get it yeah. to where he wrote the symphonies that he wrote and the piano concertos right. that he wrote. And that also comes with the... I feel like we we glamorize talent, too, as this sort of just this innate spark that right. just pops into random people in existence, but it, it there are circumstances, and sure. there are the, the, I don't know, whatever, Beethoven's parents, and then where he grew up, and mm. the fact that, oh, I, I'm poor, and mm. I have to make money being this right. musician, and so sure. having that hustle to, right. to have to freaking yeah. crank this out and then uh, fall in love with a woman and then have your heart broken and then yeah. like it's all, all of the circumstances <laughs> that bleed into what made Beethoven or Bach or whatever. Right. Or who, yeah. Um, and yeah, it's not just, oh, the, the spark and like, yeah, he had talent, but it was also just the circumstances of, yeah I mean... He lived in Vienna for one. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, to be surrounded by, I mean, freaking Haydn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, who was his counterpoint to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I, you know, <laughs> yeah, and I, th- I think that's absolutely right. I always, you know, because if you think just from the talent perspective, probably most of the talented people who have a natural propensity to be great musicians mm. we never hear from. Yeah. And because you're absolutely right. I mean, just being being born in a place with electricity and mm-hmm. access to equipment and access yeah. to, you know, uh, a school where you at least learn yeah. rudimentary <laughs> musical skills. Right. Um, all plays a big, a big <laughs> part in that. At least to getting it... Yes out to a broader audience and out in like the Western classical, you know, sense. Cause you know, music also at the same time is (laughs) in every culture and everywhere, you know, with, with or without training. Right. And with different purposes and goals. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, in that our, our culture sees the musician as an artist, Mm -hmm. but, in different cultures, the musician is a shaman. Right. And so, um, I think I remember hearing on, on a podcast that, um, so like psychedelics have taken part in a lot of cultures, Mm -hmm. um, and driven culture in, in that way. Um, but in, in a lot of uh, African cultures, psychedelics weren't a part of it. Mm. And uh, some people were hypothesizing that um, the the complexity that happens in, in African music mm-hmm. with all the rhythms and mm-hmm. stuff is, is sort of what took the place of the psychedelics instead. Yeah. The, the sort of trance stuff. right getting in that transcendent state yeah you know from the the drive of the music mm-hmm. and and that was the the psychedelic for them and um because there definitely is a a, a trance like or we, we talk about flow a lot in yeah. music um but yeah uh 
can be hypnotizing. Hypnosis is a real thing. Yeah. We don't really know how it works, mm-hmm. but it's a thing. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> um, but I mean, I'm getting on this whole tangent about shamans, but, uh, <laughs> um, there's this, um, this, I guess, idea in the, with science that in magic or shamanism or psychedelics or whatever, that it's, oh, we can't delve into that because it's just mm-hmm. uh, woo, as they call it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there's this, this old guy, uh, Stanley Krippner, who is a, he's basically a magic scientist. He, he's, like, studied shaman shamans and psychedelics and different cultures and tried to apply academic analysis to that sort of stuff Mm -hmm. um because it's it's weird to think like oh there's this whole ritual involved and for whatever reason it cured the thing right (laughs) yeah Saying that to a scientist being, uh, well, you know, there was all this other medical stuff that could have happened, but we don't actually know. And right. the fact that someone does this whole ritual mm-hmm. to, uh, <laughs> I think there's, there's like a, a you know, the, the, the old tales of, oh, whenever you have a wart, like take a thing and then plant it outside and then make sure that it's you know, watered or whatever, and then think about the thing, and then the next day, the wart will be gone. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that that makes no medical yeah. or scientific sense right. whatsoever. Yeah. my uh, <laughs> So I grew up in a really rural area in mm-hmm. southeast Oklahoma, <laughs> and the closest town had 300 people, but we actually lived <laughs> outside, you know, yeah, like, yeah. quite a ways. But my grandmother, who was, you know, a devout charismatic Christian, mm-hmm. but she also had like this, <laughs> she also had this other side of, <laughs> that was a more like shamanistic side right. and people would come to her for like different kind of like curative really cool. things. And, um, you know, she viewed it as that was all part of the same package, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah. that there were just these techniques that you could do. Yeah. But one of them was like warts, Mm-hmm. and boils and things like that that <laughs> she would like do these things too and she could get rid of I forgot but she had like several things but people from like the town would mm-hmm. come to her house and yeah. she would cure them of their things yeah. and like it would work <laughs> but like you know how? inexplicably like yeah, she yeah. wasn't doing anything to mm-hmm. physically to mm-hmm. to them but it was you know and I think belief plays a big role. Like oh, if yeah. the patient believes, mm-hmm. you know, and I think there's a lot to that. Yeah. And of course, also they can believe and still not. But I, but there are right. weird cases that are mm-hmm. kind of inexplicable where you're like. Yeah. And I mean, and that's that's the hard part, too, because there are people who who are like, oh, my faith is so great that I will not get any treatment for this cancer. Right. And then you're and like, then, okay. But yeah, you probably, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then they die. Obviously. Yeah. And then, <laughs> obviously because sometimes stuff does happen. Right. Like, sure. Come yeah. On. <laughs> but it's, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, if you can do it in another way, <laughs> probably do that. Right. Um, yeah. I do have this idea that while I, I may be sort of a uh, hard atheist, I guess, um, I do think that there's there's just stuff that that we don't know about yet, mm-hmm. and I have hypotheses mm-hmm. as to what that sort of stuff is. And so something like uh, ESP, for example, mm-hmm. um, that if... For example, uh, people have said that, uh, oh yeah, my my husband died and I felt it. I wasn't there, right? I I felt it, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's it's explainable in some way outside of our current understanding sure. of science. Yeah, um, but I think that our bodies are receiving and absorbing more information than we realize. We, yeah, than yeah. we know about. Yeah. Um and so while we might consciously oh I can consciously hear the crickets outside. Mm-hmm. Um but I might subconsciously be hearing, you know, two buildings down or something. Right. Or or feeling two buildings down for right. example. Um and I may not know it, but it's it's all feeding into this right (laughs) well yeah and you know you're thinking about all the wave forms that we can't perceive Mm -hmm. well that we don't think that we perceive yeah yeah. you know but thinking of well that's passing through us all the time Mm -hmm. passing through our physical bodies and so you know (laughs) i don't you know i think there's just a lot that like you said Mm -hmm. that i think later even you know like science will be able to Mm -hmm. like um because just think about just the last hundred years in discovery, yeah. you know, and how crazy that's been, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, my my great-grandfather was 103 when he died. Dang. And so so he was born in 1890, 1894. Dang. <laughs> and so, and he died in 97. Yeah. 1997. <laughs> and I was thinking, you know, what, you know, the crazy world that he lived yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, dying in the internet at the beginning of the, like, the mm-hmm. big internet age. And, yeah. And, like, that's just crazy to me mm-hmm. to think about. Right. And there's stuff that, like, is a constant. Mm-hmm. That, like, yeah, there's, the whole world has changed because mm-hmm. of these things. But then there's the stuff that's, like, and for whatever reason, people still hate black people. Like, yeah. I don't know why that still is, but it's... <laughs> A hundred years, it's, it's still going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and what you know, and I, yeah, no, that's so true. Well, and you know, in a that's such a like I feel like like a human, like a like a human stain or like a mm-hmm. human disease, like racism, mm-hmm. and you know, I think it's rooted in tribalism, mm. and you know, I, I. Like, evolutionarily, I understand mm-hmm. that the other can be dangerous. And yes. so, but also, after having this many years of, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> it's like, all right, so we're past that, guys. So, uh, yeah, let's, yeah. let's move <laughs> there on. There are no foreign invaders that right. are going yeah. to, 
uh, well, yeah. burn the, the exactly. fields or something. Exactly. You know, we're <laughs> n- we don't... Yeah, exactly. It's just the whole <laughs> civilization is different. and But there's, there are these, like, weird old, <laughs> like, behaviors that we've yeah. kind of, like, you know, <laughs> kept. And, and that's that's interesting. Um, in a clinical sense, it's interesting. Yeah, in yeah. reality, it's hateful and terrible. Right, right. And, and <laughs> it needs to be removed. But... Um, uh, but there's all another interesting thing is you know when you read, um, like Greek tragedy, mm-hmm. and and or or Shakespeare, mm-hmm. and people are the same. Yeah, like human yeah. beings are so predictable, mm-hmm. and uh, it's kind of uncanny. All all of the problems have been right. the same. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, oh, tell me the problem. Oh yeah, that, I already read a book. That's that's yeah, happened. Yeah. You know, that's that's been covered. You know, <laughs> I love a person and they don't love me back. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Darn. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's like okay, go all the way back to freaking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, no, that's great cr- tragedy. It's there. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's thousands of years ago. Yeah. It's and which is crazy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> or even before then, like ancient, like Chinese dynasties and Absolutely. stuff. Um. That is something that's quick. I mean, we're tangenting anyway, yeah. away from anything anyways. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, we kind of, like, perceive Western culture as, like, oh, this ancient. Right. Like, oh, the, the Greeks and the Romans yeah. and stuff. And it's, like, <laughs> the Chinese were, like, had palaces and kingdoms. Like, way before. <laughs> way before any of us. Yeah. Or any of the... Greek pillars were right. built, and and then even before that, like, uh, have you ever heard of Gobekli Tepe? Um, so there's like this, these like mounds that are ruins. Uh, I forget where it is, uh, but people were saying like, oh, they're they're it's kind of like Mayans or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's these old kind of primitive but like civilization um but they did some further like carbon dating mm. and they were like oh no this is really old <laughs> like That's older awesome. than any civilization that we know of. yeah um it's really old uh-huh. <laughs> um but it it goes really far back like or, or another example, like the pyramids, mm-hmm. um, the uh, the Sphinx mm-hmm. is older than all of the pyramids. Um, and if you look at, like, like astrological ages, mm-hmm. uh, for example, uh, I think now we're in Aquarius or it was... I have uh, no idea. It, there's, like, measurements of time and that's uh. how it was blocked out for a while because that was how people measured it. Sure. Um, but it, it's interesting because it all interconnects because uh, uh, we were in the age of Pisces and that was like around the time of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like there's a lot of fish uh, interesting. imagery. Interesting, yeah. And, yeah, fishers of men and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then um, there's, like, a quote that Jesus said, like, I'll be with you until the end of the age. Mm-hmm. And then something about 
a man pouring out water. And mm. that's actually the symbol for Aquarius. Interesting. Um, but anyway, so like ages have a, a set amount of time. Um, but the the pyramids were built in this one age, but the the dating on the Sphinx it has like water erosion, mm-hmm. um, which there hasn't been water there for a long, long time. Interesting. Because it's the desert. Right. <laughs> uh, and it goes as far back as like the age of Leo or something. And wow. <laughs> huh. Um, and so stuff is way more ancient than we think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like the, the ideas are kind of similar anyways. Um, and it's, it's cool to look at the stuff that kind of brings everything together. Um, I, I talk about like the, the astrological signs a lot because, um, if you are a, you know, ancient hunter gatherer or whatever, mm-hmm. you, you basically only have a few things to kill time with. I mean, mm-hmm. after you're done hunting and sleeping and having sex, then it's like, what do we do with mm-hmm. all of this free time? Mm-hmm. Um, and so they got really good at studying the sun mm-hmm. and the moon and the stars. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like one of the first things that they were able to chart out because a year a year goes by and you're like, oh, the sun was you know this high this time of year during mm-hmm. this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was this high during this time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also this bright star and this assortment of stars was over here at this time. Uh, and so a lot of stories and stuff come out of that. And mm-hmm. so they're able to kind of like navigate and measure time through that way more than just, oh, it is spring again now. Mm-hmm. But it's like, oh, it is this point in the year. That's why there's solstices and right. equinoxes because we're able to actually measure like, oh, this is the longest day because mm-hmm. we can watch the sun. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, but there's also like, again, with the uh, religious imagery, um, the uh, the sun is, is lowest uh, in a certain time of year and it's, lowest for three days and then it comes back up again hmm. um, interesting uh, which relates to the mm-hmm. resurrection um, and a lot of different uh, religions and stuff mm-hmm. have that same yeah. imagery uh, because it all kind of relates back to mm-hmm. the sun yeah um, I, don't, I don't remember how I got here but <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, in in a weird roundabout way, all of the stuff has kind of been the same uh-huh. over time. Like every single iteration, every single like civilization has had, um, there, there's a book I've been meaning to read. Um, but it basically talks about how, um, every civilization has a, a cycle and stages mm-hmm. that 
once it gets to this point, it's on the brink of collapse. Interesting. Uh, but every time that it collapses, the stakes are bigger. Hmm. Um, and so the the collapse of the Mayan empire, empire was smaller than the collapse of the Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, but like now we're getting to the point to where it's like the global empire mm-hmm. might be on the brink of collapse. Right. And so there's no like, oh, well, at least only the Romans collapsed, but the rest of the world gets to go on. Like, right. If the global empire collapses, that's just... There's no. There's yeah, nothing yeah, left. No. <laughs> um, to go back to a tangent where I broke off, um, the the... I feel like over time, uh, the the sensory things that we pick up on mm-hmm. um, can be different depending on the the culture or yeah. who who you're around. Uh, sure. For example, like we've been in long term relationships enough to where if just our significant other walks into the room, you can tell the type of energy mm-hmm. and be like, oh, she's not in a good mood right now. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, like, yay. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> yeah. And and that's just something that we learn to pick up over time. Right. And, I, and you probably wouldn't be able to describe exactly what it was that led you to think yeah. that. Yeah. You know? Because it can seriously be even like, I'm not even seeing it, but I can just, like, mm-hmm. when, you know, <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's the body language. Yeah, just, exactly whatever it is they're doing even in like texts Mm -hmm. uh, oh yeah (laughs) it's uh punctuation is really important Mm -hmm. uh (laughs) uh say when i greet each other with i love you Mm -hmm. but if we're in a good mood it's an exclamation point Mm -hmm. if we're in a bad mood it's like no punctuation or period interesting uh or like Doom is like just love you. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's just little things in communication uh-huh. that we've. That's interesting. Yeah. And so it's if it's like, I love you, without a period. It's like, are you okay? What's wrong? Mm-hmm. How are you doing? Like, yeah. what's going on? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do we need to talk? What's yeah, happening? yeah, <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Um, but stuff like that that we're able to pick up on. Uh, I wonder about certain things, and uh, I guess earlier how we were talking about, oh, when we improvise, we can sort of sense each other mm-hmm. and feel. Um, I don't know who it was that was telling us that um, as we were improvising uh, and sort of gelling with each other, we would sort of pick up the mannerisms of each other Oh, I, the, that's crazy. Uh, I think that was something that, that John was telling me that someone else was noticing. In the, that's crazy because a lot of times we're not even looking at each other. Right, exactly. Wow, that's And cool. so if if we'll go into something, go, you know, bah, 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 and mm. this body sort of yeah. weight going into it, maybe we'll feel that in yeah. each other and sort of put that same that's weight cool. or accent yeah. in in the stuff that we're doing. Um, and I wonder how many senses that 
we'd be able to train mm-hmm. uh, to be more, I don't know, <laughs> uh, to, to be able to pick up on right. subtle languages that, that sure. we're not even... Um, for example, um, uh, one of my friend's mom, and she's a nurse, but her mom is a nurse, um, and she says... The, oh, it's a full moon. It's going to be a, a crazy yeah, day at the hospital. Exactly. And what does that have to do with anything? I know. But it, it does. Yeah. <laughs> My dad was an ER nurse and he said the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, really? Yeah. So but, what? what is it in our in our blood, in our system, yeah. in the whatever that... And I think people have more babies on full moon. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, it's just a kind of a crazy... Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like, who knows what all that's doing? Yeah, you know those like <laughs> slight changes and you know mm-hmm. things, and I don't know, but it's yeah, and um, yeah, uh, I feel like in the um, in the time that we grew up with uh, tube TVs, mm-hmm. uh, you didn't notice the high pitched whine, yeah, that was coming from tube TVs, yeah, but. Now, whenever I, I hear one turn on, mm-hmm. and you, yeah, it's just like, uh, how did we do that? Or yeah, yeah, how did we just block that out? <laughs> or or you can yeah. walk by a room uh-huh. and feel it, yeah, like go by you and be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, that's totally true. I, I wonder if if at some point in the future, maybe we'll, if if Wi-Fi becomes outdated or something. Mm-hmm. And then maybe some different space will have Wi-Fi. And mm-hmm. walk up to it and be like, oh, oh it's making Wi-Fi that terrible here. noise. Yeah, or like, <laughs> I just feel bad because yeah, I'm running yeah. Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah. No, that's really interesting. <laughs> I think I think it was interesting, too, because I remember one summer when I was in, in junior high, I saved up. I had saved up money for like a year or two. Mm. And I got, I bought myself a... a t- my own TV, mm-hmm. you know, and it was like a 27 inch, but I thought it was massive, <laughs> right, you know, right. and, uh, and it was massive right, because well, sure they were huge heavy. back then. <laughs> Those are so heavy. And, you know, this is pre flat screens and LCD yeah. and you know, all that stuff. So, um, at least pre for me, cause right. they, you know, I didn't have, like, <laughs> and, and so, um, but I, I, you know, I remember thinking it looked so clear, mm-hmm. you know, and, and now you watch anything in standard definition and you're like, how did we even know what was happening? Yeah. <laughs> How could we even see what was going see on? words happening. Yeah, it's just... Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, it's kind of funny because um, I think uh, for whatever reason, this is the benchmark for what I'm remembering, but like Skyrim. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, for whenever Skyrim came out, it was about the time that people should have switched uh-huh. to to high definition but there were people that hadn't yet right we hadn't yet yeah and so i had an xbox 360 uh but like not an hgtv sure and so <laughs> there would be like the little text that would pop up on the top left you're like what <laughs> and it and it would just be like you know gold 25 out of added to your inventory mm-hmm. or something but with, without High definition, it was just this blur on the top left. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> but, and, and the same thing happens now that if you put something really old 
on mm-hmm. a high definition screen, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, yeah. this looks awful. Yeah. <laughs> no, to- that's totally true. But, but with the screens back then, mm-hmm. that would sort of like blur everything. Yeah. You, you would just kind of, oh, yeah, this looks great. Yeah, it looks like, fine. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the fuzziness was part of the, the graphics. Yeah, and you just kind of block it out. Yeah. You know, it was like watching VHS movies, and mm-hmm. you just didn't pay attention to you all the... You don't see the, the warping in Yeah, the... <laughs> exactly. You know, it's just like, yeah, that's what movies look like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but our memories kind of do something stupid with that, too. Mm-hmm. The I remember some games remember misremember some games yeah. that in my head was just basically reality it was just oh yeah uh that you just remember oh this this pc game that was just so like good mm-hmm. looking that it was basically reality how will we ever yeah top this yeah uh, <laughs> yeah i i um for my playstation one mm. back when it was just playstation mm-hmm. um but i uh, I had Resident Evil three, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and it did look better than my other games. Sure, and it was like late mm-hmm. in PlayStation's right. life, so like they were. It was like the best looking a PlayStation <laughs> game could look before yeah. they moved on to two. But um, but I remember thinking like, wow, it just looks incredible. So just this past week, mm-hmm. someone on something I was following, mm-hmm. they posted like this really hard puzzle from Resident Evil three. Right. And they're like, remember this OG guys? And and so then and I was they had like the little they had a movie of it. I was like, mm-hmm. that looks awful. Yeah. But my childhood memories of playing that game is like, this looks great. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so smooth, everything looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. But no. we, we we put that in yeah, there too. Absolutely. <laughs> um and, but also the opposite happens sometimes too. I think I notice it more with music. Mm. Um but if you ever like go back to an old recording of some of your favorite music ever, mm-hmm. you'd be like, "Whoa, what is that?" Yeah, that's that is clearly like right there in mm-hmm. the mix, and, and you I just didn't notice never. it. Never. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. And that goes with all kinds of music that I've had. Those where I'm, I just some things I didn't mm-hmm. notice before. Yeah, you know. And I remember when I was getting older and I was getting better at aural, just listening and mm-hmm. like my aural skills were sharper where I could hear intervals and mm-hmm. cause you know, like when you're younger and you hear like acquired, maybe they're doing something that's homophonic mm-hmm. and you kind of just hear the choir. The, yeah. You're just like one. It's just, note. yeah. And a lot of music was like that. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, this is symphonic music, mm-hmm. but I couldn't hear. Okay. That's, Upper strings to lower strings. Those mm-hmm. are woodwinds. These are brass. And these are you're, doing this. Yeah, thing and you're not. You're just kind of hearing orchestra. Yeah, you know, and it's like, and you, you know, and I, of course, you hear like if there's a main melody, right? Like you know, you latch onto that, but mm-hmm. you're not thinking, you're not hearing the timbre changes and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And but then, so it is kind of weird. And then, but then, you know, as I'm older, if I go back mm-hmm. and listen to you know, like, uh, a piece that I really liked when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, wow, there's so much going on in this. Yeah, yeah. That... Or or sometimes disappointingly. Oh, yeah, like, like this is not that oh, great. This is just, like, three chords. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, I mean, I don't know, some some of my favorite music while I was, like, a teenager, uh-huh. I'll, 
I'll go back to it and be like, oh man, this is this is bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it'll still bring back great memories. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I still appreciate it for what it is. Yeah. And you think <laughs> at the time that was that music was exactly what I needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the 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 music of being a teenager is uh, at least for me, Best Encompassed by Linkin Park. Uh-huh. Um, and I didn't listen to Linkin Park the entire time I was a teenager, mm. but it just kind of, it it takes hold in just the, the rest of my teenage years, too. Uh. But looking back at Linkin Park, the, and it, it's still good, like, uh, right. for what it is, but all of the lyrics are basically just, you make me feel so Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's all it really is. Yeah, that's like all their songs. <laughs> oh, yeah, I went through a big Linkin Park phase. <laughs> and uh, it was when Meteora came out. Mm-hmm. And because um, I listened to them previously, but mm-hmm. like when that album came out, I was like really, yeah, yeah. really into Linkin Park. Yeah. But it's so true. <laughs> like it, it wouldn't be something I would choose to listen to now yeah. but at the time it was great yeah same same thing you know and i i actually liked and still like can listen to some of these songs but like system of a down was a big part of yeah yeah that too and it's like <laughs> you know now i'm like yeah okay <laughs> although there is a lot of like depth in system of a down oh yeah no no totally um, totally um, it's, it, you can like break down and analyze. Oh, the, yeah, and you know they're doing scales and chords that are different. Yeah, they're not doing the the run of the mill mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, um, but then there's also like Cigaro, which is yeah, <laughs> right. I was like, should I say this? Who's who's listening to Brex podcast? I can normally cuss during my normal podcast, but yeah. I want to. Yeah, I don't know if you want cussing on your. Oh, podcast. oh yeah, yeah. I'm fine. I, yeah. <laughs> I normally cuss much more than this. I was being recorded, so I... <laughs> no, you, you can say anything there. But, uh, yes, that System of a Down song goes, My cock is much bigger than yours. Right. My cock can walk right through the door. Right. Yeah. And that's like... there's yeah. There's like a... There's like a... You know, and, and it was with a lot of rock <laughs> bands at that time mm. that there was like this kind of gross... <laughs> machismo yeah that was part of it that uh, I would put System of a Down that they were above that and they were making fun of it uh-huh. but there are some bands that yeah. are like clearly being yeah. just yeah. all women are the worst right exactly <laughs> yeah and you know so like that's kind of gross but yeah definitely um, <laughs> yeah but some of some of my favorite bands while growing up, uh, like, Brand New is still one of my favorite bands. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you can look back and go, oh, this is just, I broke up with my girlfriend and I'm sad. Right. But all of the poetry, even if it's just saying, mm-hmm. I broke up with my girlfriend right. and I'm sad. And it's not just saying is, that. Right. Is, yeah. is really powerful. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. To, <laughs> there's a... One of the most powerful lines in in any brand new song that I can quote is um, the 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 song is called Handcuffs, and it's sort of the sequence of uh, I'd arrest you if I had handcuffs. I'd arrest you if I had the time. I'd blah blah blah. I'd blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But then in in the second verse, it goes, 
I'd drown all these crying babies if I knew that their mothers wouldn't cry. I'd hold them down and I'd squeeze real soft and let a piece of myself die. Which is like, mm -hmm. ow, mm -hmm. you hurt me with your words there. Calm right. down. <laughs> right. Yeah. And like, there's like strings in that song too. And mm -hmm. it's like really powerful. And it's like, whoa. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, that, that was actually on the list of, of my albums for uh, Serious Artistic Merit. Nice. Um, <laughs> nice. But, um, yeah, I haven't posted mine yet. I'm, it's it's going to be. <laughs> I hope everyone's ready for Bjork. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sticking to my plan. Right. <laughs> um, I, I did kind of, I know we're recording, but I don't want to get too into the weeds of that, but yeah. I did pick only pieces from, like, 20th century and on. I did like that. I saw your list yeah, and I yeah. liked it. <laughs> yeah, I like it a lot. Um, because I don't... <laughs> this is going contrary to what we were just talking about. Oh, all of the problems are the same as they were before. Right. It's like, I don't resonate with some old music. <laughs> well, and this kind of is like a big conversation about mm. in and of itself, but I... I think I think new art that's written right now mm -hmm. that's why art continues to yes exist. Yeah. It's not like, oh well everything <laughs> that's been said has been said yeah. exactly how it how it needs to be said. So I mean, here's so here's Beethoven forever. <laughs> right. You know, and it's like, yeah, I can I really appreciate Beethoven and I've really had some experiences listening mm -hmm. to Beethoven. But when there's a piece that's written today mm -hmm. that's a really good piece that mm -hmm. really speaks to you, it's different. Yeah. Because you're living in the time of that yeah. that art. And, and so modern art in all of its forms, I think is just mm -hmm. that's why it's so important. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I think because when <laughs> I when I make a list of like the pieces that have meant the most to me in classical music, they're all in the last fifty years. Mm -hmm. Because that's when I've been yeah. alive. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. And there's kind of part of the it, you can never make someone like right something like as much as I want to, I can't sit table down and go love Radiohead right love them right <laughs> yeah and even more so the more that you do that to someone it's more the more that they'll be like I yeah I really yeah. I don't want this anymore. <laughs> yeah, that was that was my that was my mom with Bjork. <laughs> yeah, and the more I played Bjork, the more she hated Bjork. You know, it was just yeah. like it was just you know, right. And but, we agreed on almost everything else, but like you know, you can't. There are certain <laughs> and there are things that you like that are really inexplicable mm -hmm. too. You know? Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, we, we talked about Glassworks the album mm -hmm. uh, last time. And opening from Glassworks mm. is just <laughs> couldn't be more simple music. Sure, it's it's it, you know he has the two over three thing going on. Sure, but but as far as like the chords, it's it's two F minor chords in root position on the mm. piano, and then you just play yeah. them in reverse order. Right. It. But and, you know, and that's then minimalism. and they change. But I I swear when I, I the first time I heard that mm -hmm. it changed mm -hmm. my life. Yeah. Like the my what music could be mm -hmm. and it's so simple mm -hmm. and so powerful and so part of the time that it 
was created, mm-hmm. you know. I was listening to Music for 18 Musicians on the way to work this morning. Oh, yeah. Mm. And, like... <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, it is just, like, the same note over yeah. and over again. But, oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and, you know, and it was... That was, you know, once you get the entry into... And it was a... It was... It wasn't my entry into... It was kind of my entry into American modern classical music because mm-hmm. I had liked some of the European masters, but I hadn't really gotten into John Adams mm-hmm. yet or Terry Riley mm-hmm. or Steve Reich. Yeah. And um, so then, you know, that was like my gateway mm-hmm. drug into like listening to NC. Yeah. And I uh, did consider putting a rainbow and curved air on that <sighs> list, but it's like, how much do I want to poke? <laughs> right. Yeah. I think we should all poke away. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways. In a uh, in a good in a pot you know, right, like right, in a, yeah. in not in a spiteful way, You're but right. just like you know. <laughs> but um yeah, but whenever people are, are point that I was making earlier, whenever people are just going like Ride of Spring right. is the best piece of music <laughs> okay. ever written and you have to listen to it and it's groundbreaking and like I believe you, but the more you beat it over my head is not going right. to make me like it. Absolutely. And it I totally took me agree. a while to even just, like, listen to it. Yeah. Because everyone was just, oh, right yeah. spring, right spring. Well, it's, it's <laughs> one of those things, you know, when people ask, like, okay, what's your favorite piece of music? Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, that's an impossible question to answer. Sure. Or what's mm-hmm. or or the even a worse question is, what's the best piece of music? Right. Who's the best composer? Mm-hmm. And... It's like at at what at what yeah you know at what <laughs> thing and in what way and mm-hmm. yeah you know because it's like okay Beethoven sucks at country music yeah exactly <laughs> it's just the worst <laughs> and you know like and and Beethoven's actually I actually that you said that is a good example people like vocalists hate singing Beethoven mm. and <laughs> and like generally regarded as not a great vocal composer right because like the melodies the way that the text is set you know the range is ridiculous and it's like and does, you know so yeah exactly yeah, yeah. like you know he has you screaming <laughs> on repeated like th- you know it doesn't have like an arc it's just like now we're high and we're just hitting that note out mm-hmm. and um you know so everyone has like different strengths and, yeah, and that's yeah. definitely even true in the 20th century mm-hmm. and it's also it's not a competition. No. And uh, so I always kind of... Oh, there are competitions. There are competitions, <laughs> yes. And uh, I can't remember which composer it was. I think it was Saint-Saëns. And he said, uh, you know, competitions are for racehorses and not mm-hmm. for artists. And, um, I, you know, competitions are, are good because they can give people a break. You mm-hmm. know, like somebody can get, like they win a competition and then that's yeah, yeah. their break, which is great. Yeah. Um, but as far as, you know, it's, it's, you know, who's the best film composer? Who's the... For you know, what yeah, film? <laughs> for what films and and also it's just so, I don't know. Um, but I'm, I'm sure John Williams would be a little put off if you asked him to do like a cheesy like slasher film. Sure. And he'd be like, I, I guess. Yeah. And I'm sure he probably would do a great job. Yeah. But it, it would just be weird and yeah. out of his element. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, like with Stravinsky, because sometimes you get into that hero worship phase, which people kind of do because it's also easy. Yeah. To just have somebody that you put on the pedestal yeah. and you're like, oh. Yeah. 
And and I love mm-hmm. my favorite Stravinsky work is the Symphony of Psalms. Mm. He gets such cool sonorities out of that with mm. the winds and with the piano and with the choir. Mm-hmm. It's just a really cool sound. But with um, and Rite of Spring is really cool. Mm-hmm. But there's so there's so many emotions and ways to feel, and there are so many things music can do that just having one work and one voice and being mm-hmm. like, that's the thing. <laughs> that's what it has to be right. all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it misses the point of yeah. what... <laughs> and, and you know, as I've gotten older, because, you know, like at first when you're starting out and you feel very like, well, I have to be, you know, all these other people are good mm-hmm. and I need to be, you know, really competitive right. and all this stuff. And then, but then you realize like, if somebody else writes a really great work, that's good for everybody. Yeah, yeah. We all need to be mm-hmm. making great art yeah, and and have it's, sharing and it's our own voices. Same thing in anything else. If, yeah, absolutely. If, uh, I don't know this this random director who's only done crappy other movies mm-hmm. gets gets a really big blockbuster film and they mm-hmm. knock it out of the park. Yeah, people like, are like, "Oh, what a hack! I, I don't like any of his yeah, work." Yeah, like, what? Why made it excellent? Yeah, film. like let him. This is great. <laughs> this is a good thing. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And same with like video games too mm-hmm. that people being oh Call of Duty stupid and, mm-hmm. and people should stop buying it but it's people know about video games and the fact that you play any video games is contributed to by the fact that Call of Duty exists right <laughs> absolutely it's also the biggest industry GTA 5 is the largest selling piece of media ever wow <laughs> yeah take that the bible <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy yeah wow i don't know why people keep buying it but <laughs> wow that's really crazy yeah no it's, it's weird uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but i mean i guess you could also put the bible in the game and it would you know you could also <laughs> like yeah. They, could, they could do a patch. Yeah. Put that in there. That's the new... It's, that's it's gigantic the, anyways. That's the so. new edition. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> but anyways, um, another thought that I was having is... Uh, and this will be the last thing. Uh, but um, kind of going back to different uh, senses that and different things over time mm-hmm. that um, there are sounds now that if... If, if Beethoven could have heard a synthesizer right. now um, to not, I don't I don't know what to do with this but there's so many possibilities here because yeah. uh, back in the day was, here's the orchestra mm-hmm. these are this is your your color palette right the orchestra but now you have an infinite color yeah, palette yeah yeah here is synthesis right and now it's like uh, I don't even have room for this Right. Palette here. Um, and I wonder about sounds that will will happen years from now mm-hmm. that that we'll hear and go, I could never have mm-hmm. known what that sound was. Right. And and we can't picture it right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that's that's definitely interesting. And that's part of 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's always moving forward. As long as, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> people are working at it. Um, so, yeah, I hope that there are mm-hmm. sounds that I can't even imagine, yeah. you know, in, in the future. Mm-hmm. In, in a weird way, I feel like um, noise, like harsh noise, mm-hmm. uh, is pioneering in new sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's something that we, for a long time, just go, ugh, mm-hmm. I don't want that. Mm-hmm. And because of that, we don't explore it. Mm-hmm. Um and so in, in hearing different types of noise production and different forms of noise, mm-hmm. um, I feel like that's it has a lot of untapped potential mm-hmm. that isn't being explored because people go, ugh, noise. Yeah. But whenever you, you bathe mm-hmm. in, in the wash of noise, mm-hmm. it starts taking on a new character mm-hmm. that um, it, it's something unlike what an orchestra can produce. Right. And, I mean, you can get close. Mm-hmm. Threnody right. uh, is, is an example of these are sounds that we did not know could come out of an orchestra. Mm-hmm. Um, or sounds that you were always taught to avoid. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Uh, I feel like there's, there's a whole frontier in, in sound that we don't even know about yet. Mm. And that's really interesting. It is interesting. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely think so. Well, what's something that you think is, is a, a new frontier for music? Ooh. I mean, other than, I, cause noise would have been what, um. I would have pointed out just in general, just like mm-hmm. the music of noise. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I think there's like, with just the idea of music concrete, there's like an infinite mm-hmm. amount. And now with the way that we can take a sound and manipulate, and manipulate it in an infinite amount yeah. of ways that they wouldn't have even imagined. So you're thinking mm-hmm. like, okay, back at the turn of the century, mm-hmm. you know, when they were making sound music mm-hmm. and, but now we have, laptops that can do yeah. more than their entire giant studios you know right, able exactly. to ever do anything yeah and plus so much more and that's kind of mm-hmm. that's kind of crazy so i you know like already like if we i feel like if we just just with the technology and the mm-hmm. capabilities we have now we would never reach the end of what that could do mm-hmm. and then now <laughs> you know the technology is going to keep moving forward mm-hmm. and so i think you know, you never get to the end of the possibilities yeah. of everything because, uh, I mean, you know. And what's cool about all of that to me mm-hmm. is that there's still this, it's still music. You're right. It's still familiar. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, like, just like you were saying when, you know, or if you listen to a piece that's in strange modes mm-hmm. or strange chord structures. Mm-hmm. And, like, the first time... Mm-hmm. You know, for the first few moments, you're like, ooh, this is kind of, I don't really know what I'm hearing. Right. Right. This is kind of strange. And then after a while, mm-hmm. your ear just adjusts. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah. now I'm picking up. And oh, that's 
oh, it's going here, and I know where the, the line's going. Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of strange when you, the same thing happens when you listen to a noise piece, mm-hmm. even if it's just the static, right? Mm-hmm. And different, they're putting the static in different places, mm-hmm. and some the static has crescendo, and you know, yeah. but even the fact that there's crescendo, yeah. and there's some weird way that that mm-hmm. there is a pulse, maybe. Yeah. That they and they don't have to, but that can be in there. And then yeah. you're like, okay, so I've got got, you know, articulations and I've got, you know, mm-hmm. um dynamics. And dynamics and, and texture. And texture. Mm-hmm. And and the combination, yeah, of how you can uh manipulate the timbres of like, mm-hmm. okay, so I have this static mm-hmm. that's kind of a lower pitch static <laughs> and, and then a higher pitch static. And that's kind of fascinating. Yeah. And, you know, you could do Symphony of Static, mm-hmm. you know, and have a big, giant piece that's just yeah, just one sample of Static right. done a bunch of different ways. Right. And this thing is that right now we're just, we're just messing with stuff. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, and I feel like that that's what happens with, with each wave mm-hmm. of a movement. Yeah. Is that someone goes, hey, what about this? Mm-hmm. And then the, 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 the art evolution explodes. I have a whole thing about art evolution, but that, that, that's a whole other. Uh, <laughs> the, the art evolution takes a different branch, uh-huh. and you have a full cycle that, that happens in just this other, ooh, what about 12-tone? Mm-hmm. And then this whole area of 12-tone gets developed and expanded, and then there's the people who are go, oh, that's that's old twelfth tone. We're right, we want the new. Tone. Yeah, and, yeah, <laughs> and the... then that happens with with everything. Right. Like, oh, sure. That's, that's old harsh noise. This right. is new right. harsh this noise. Is this is new... better harsh noise. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and we're kind of doing that now. I, I, I just finished writing a, a piano piece in, in whole tone. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of like what you were saying that. At, at first, it's like, ooh, this is weird. There's no home note or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, after a while, um, it was funny. I was I was listening back to it and, like, proofing it. And I heard a wrong note. Right. <laughs> and I was like, how can I hear a wrong note in a, in right. a mode that doesn't have right. wrong notes? <laughs> right, right. You're like, wait, that's the point of this. It doesn't have wrong notes. Right. <laughs> And I was like, oh, yeah, it's right there. And I, mm-hmm. and I fixed it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, after a while, you, you get used to it. And then, oh, that's old whole tone music. Right. New- <laughs> <laughs> right. Whatever exactly. that might be. Right. And so <laughs> there there's mediums of untapped potential that yeah. we've, we don't even know about. Right. Absolutely. And I mean, and I think, <laughs> I think even with old... Even in old forms, mm-hmm. that traditional forms of acoustic music, we yeah. still haven't done everything we can do with those. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, no matter what you do, there's mm-hmm. no end to it. Because, right. you know, even if you're like, I'm only going to compose for the piano. Mm-hmm. Well, you're never going to write everything that can be written right. or do everything that a piano can do or have right. to say. and. I, uh, it's too many variables. Yeah. A keys, too much. Yes, too much, guys. You know? <laughs> and then you add in noise into that and, yeah. and synthesis and mm-hmm. s- manipulation. And it's... Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, it, this is a business that will never, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> never find an end <laughs> of the resources. Right. 
But at the same time, one five six four. It's just really catchy. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. And like you know, there's something so pleasing about a Picardy third. Yeah. It's just like this just feels right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there finally is some hope in the world. That's right. After this entire piece in minor. <laughs> I love it too. <laughs> yeah. Frank, thank you for doing this with me. Absolutely. Uh, for a third time now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this will. It looks like it's recording. So yeah, I'm hoping. We'll, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it looks like it. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you. Uh, where can we find you and your things and the, the, the power cycle things? That's right. So I'm at breckmagoff.com. I'm sorry about my name. It's B-R-E-C-K-M-C-G-O-U-G-H.com. <laughs> and uh, you can find my music there. I'm still working on my website. Sorry, everybody. And uh, Power Cycle is yep. uh, UCO's electronic ensemble, mm-hmm. and we will be playing at the Jazz Lab this Monday, October 8th. Yes. This podcast will be out tomorrow. Oh, nice. So Sweet. Tomorrow as of this recording, not whenever you are here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, hand gestures don't make any sense to an audio podcast. Um, <laughs> but uh, yes, so... Yes, on Monday. Yes, wear costumes, come see us, enjoy mm-hmm. some really cool music. Some of it literally has been fresh off the page in the yeah, last yeah. couple of weeks. So. Yeah, and some of it will be literally made on, on the, the spot. spot. <laughs> so yeah, you're hearing the newest music you can physically yes. hear on Earth. <laughs> hot off the, the keyboard? The, yes. The audio interface? Yeah, hot off the, yeah exactly. <laughs> hot off the mixer. <laughs> Um, all right, well, uh, not once again, because we never actually said our names at the beginning. Uh, I'm Santiago Ramones. <laughs> I'm Breck McGough. You can find everything that I do on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. Um, I actually just put some new stuff on SoundCloud because I was uploading stuff to Seamus. Oh, yeah, cool. And so I was like, because they don't have just an upload thing on Seamus, right. you have to have a link to it. Right. And so, oh, okay, I'll upload yeah. some of these recent things to SoundCloud then. Um, so there's new stuff on my SoundCloud. I haven't updated that in a couple of years. So mm-hmm. listen to that. Um, uh, and speaking of harsh noise, is the, the rap song that I mm-hmm. put on there uh, utilizes some harsh noise. Um, but it's also heavily inspired by clipping. So listen to clipping. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, there's some mu- new music on my website. Um, but you can also listen to this podcast and leave reviews. And uh, I'm tired of listing all of the things, so I will just list the final thing, which is my three things. Uh, love never fails. It's going to be okay. I might be wrong.